Thank you to everyone who sent in their favourite words. I'm going to reel them off. Uh, Will says diabolical. Very satisfying to say. Todd put up catharsis. Another great and satisfying word to say out loud. Beth says tutty tutty, which I believe means noisy, which I now, if I am correct with that uh, translation, will be adding to my repertoire. And Bridie said swanky, also a great word. Now, Aaron got in touch and said acanthopterygian. I tried Googling it and I didn't get anywhere. So, Aaron, have you made up a word? Please get back in touch. My favourite, of course, uh, which I did not mention, is fart. It's a very good word. I've paused for a, I've paused for laughter there because I'm sure you're laughing. Bad news, Emil's off sick. Great news, you've got me. How fun. So let's get started. Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Imogen and this is what's worth talking about. As inflation digs its toes in, can small businesses hang on? The US government's taking on Google, so we'll explain everything you need to know. Another election has entered the 2023 arena, the country's first ever vegetable elections. Plus, while this here on Newsable is my dream job, do not get me wrong. A very strong contender to pip this off its post has just popped up. We're talking all of that in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Grim news for those struggling at the edges. After the opening of the government's books, Treasury's predicted high inflation's here to stay until next year, and it's flagged there could be more bumps in interest rates too. So how on earth are the small businesses and sole traders who hung on through COVID times going to manage operating through this next period, those sole traders being contractors, freelancers and people who are self-employed. James Fuller from Henry, an online accountant and tax tool for sole traders, is here to chat about this more. Kia ora. Kia ora. First of all, James, bit of an overview. How are small businesses and also sole traders going at the moment? I, I think the general mood has been that sole traders and small businesses are doing it tough. I think uh, we we regularly survey uh, the sole trader community. We engage with the small business community. And look, I think it's a tale of two hearts. I think you've got people who are slightly further into their careers that have weathered a couple of financial storms over the years who are a little bit more mm. sort of stoic about this. And they're, they're a little bit more like, well, you know, I've been through two of these. We're going to batten down the hatches and we're going to get through. And then I think there's the younger generation who are really kind of struggling with the cost of living crisis and it's starting to feel a bit, a bit more bleak. And they're all looking for ways to to shore up their income and to reduce their costs. So talk to me a little bit about that outlook then, given the factors I mentioned, inflation, interest rates, and then also, I guess, employment rates as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting time. So during COVID, for instance, when that was a sort of a once-in-a-lifetime event, what we saw was a lot of people who were in traditional salaried work were laid off. There were restructures, and suddenly everyone was left to fend for themselves a little bit. And, and a lot of people then actually started small businesses. They went into sole trading. The mood seemed to be at that time was, unfortunately, the cuts happened and it made people realize that perhaps they'd put all their eggs in one basket by having one employer. Mm. And people looked to take back control. Almost they were forced to take back control. So whilst I think that it's potentially difficult times for for businesses, a lot of people coming off the back of these uh, sort of recessionary economies 
do actually look at it as an opportunity to really to achieve it, to say, okay, I'm going to take control. I'm actually going to become my own boss. I'll be a sole trader. I'll start a small business. So for every sort of business that might be struggling, probably two or three will spring up in its wake and uh, we'll get people who will really start to lean into um, being independent. What sort of things are sole traders and small businesses doing to stay afloat and survive? Do we know? Yeah, so a lot of people are uh, in our most recent, what we call the Henry Sole Trader Pulse, we saw that a very high percentage of sole traders were uh, not taking on extra debt. Uh, a lot of people were looking at additional income streams, as well as obviously kind of re- reducing costs and looking to, to trim that wherever possible. It's been a trend actually for the last probably six to nine months. I think a lot of the small business community have sort of seen these sort of things emerging and those that have been through this before have already, they already started tightening their belts a while ago. James, it's also an election year, of course. What sort of support are we seeing pledged for sole traders? Uh, minimal, minimal. So mm. we recently went out and actually uh, canvassed all of the major political parties and asked them uh, on behalf of the 20% of the Kiwi population that earn independently. We said, what are your... 20%? 20%, yeah. 20% wow, of Kiwis earn some or all of their income independently outside salaried work. Um which is huge. It's, you know, we were talking earlier about the fact that it is a massive voter block. It is a swing state equivalent in this election. And so we went to all the parties and said, what are your policies that are relevant to sole traders? And across the board, it was, the responses were really mediocre. It, it showed a, a real misunderstanding of who sole traders were. There you go. James Fuller from Henry, thank you so much for your time and insight. Thank you. Pleasure. Did you know the hunt is on for New Zealand's favourite vegetable? You heard me right. The veg election polling booths are open, so get in touch. What's your favourite veggie? You can find us on TikTok or Instagram, search for Newsable NZ, and if there's a long list of them, like I always suggest, do email instead, newsable at stuff.co.nz. A high-stakes court battle is underway in America. The US government versus Google. Sounds crazy. So here to explain more, I've called in producer Philippa. Producer Philippa, why has this case come to court? Well, look, it's all about allegations of monopoly and unfair advantage. It is, in fact, an antitrust case. And it's the first time a high-tech company has been involved in a lawsuit like this in the US in decades. Google is, of course, absolutely huge. I mean, Google the word. We use it instead of actual language to describe the way we look for something online. And the company has turned its position in the market into a giant business. It has advertising, cloud computing, and not to forget that slightly well-known other entity, YouTube. Slightly well-known. So what's Google accused of? Well, Google is said to have been unfairly cementing its position as the world's go-to search engine by paying billions of dollars to phone makers like Apple and web browsers like Mozilla to be installed as the default option. And filing the case three years ago, the then Attorney General said the lawsuit would strike at the heart of Google's grip over the internet for millions of American consumers, advertisers, small businesses and entrepreneurs. So what's Google saying? Is it, has it actually done what it's being accused of? Well, the case has only just started. At the moment, the company's denying the allegations and it's been reported as saying its practices are legal and mainstream and it maintains its position by providing a superior product. Google's chief legal officer has told the American media company CBS that people use Google because it's helpful and that if people don't want to use Google as default... Well, they can change it. Don't know if I'll be running to use Ask Jeeves anytime soon. Uh, at the end of all this, what could we see happen? 
Well, if the government wins a case, and of course the case has only just started, but it could mean Google is no longer automatically installed as a search engine, and that means other systems could gain a greater foothold. But it's good to remind ourselves about how big Google actually is. Like, it's reported its corporate parent, Alphabet, is worth $1.7 trillion US dollars, and it earns something like 224 billion US dollars through advertising revenue. So just very small numbers there. Trillions just is like silly money in my head, you know. It's not even real. It doesn't exist. Uh, You mentioned this is the first time a high-tech company's been involved in a lawsuit like this in decades in the US. How important is this now? Well, people think this is a really important case because it's being widely regarded as a major test of the power of US regulators over the tech giants. Mm. And of course, many governments as well are worried about tech giants. I mean, Google, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft and Meta, which of course owns Facebook and Instagram, they all apparently, according to governments, have just way too much influence over our online lives. Maybe this is Ask Jeeves' time to rise up and join the tech giants. Never know. Could be a retro moment. I wonder if you can still use it. It's still there. Oh, nothing dies on the internet, does it? <laughs> I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that I think Chris, it would be a resignation offence. If I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing in there. On. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. We're still going to talk about my favourite topic. Can you guess what it is? It involves my favourite artist, musically. If not, you're going to find out shortly. But if you are enjoying what you're hearing, remember to keep up with the latest news and daily current affairs to follow us and chuck us a like on your favourite podcast platform. If it wasn't already enough to have the 2023 general election and bird of the century this year, hold on to your hats because another election has entered the arena. New Zealand's first ever veggie election a veg election, if you will. It's an opportunity to have your say and once and for all correct the record on Brussels sprouts, in my humble opinion. And here to talk all things veggie polling is Fiona Arthur from Yates A Gardening Supply Company and also full disclaimer, the business behind this election. Uh, kia ora, Fiona. Good morning. How are we? So good. Thank you for asking. First and foremost, though, potatoes are not on the list. Please explain yourself. Controversial. Very. Oh, I know, those new potatoes, hard to beat. Um, Look, we had to cull the list somewhat. There is a very big list of vegetables that Kiwis love and probably just as much of the list of what Kiwis hate. So we sort of decided to go for those that that we know that they definitely love from our point of view because we can see it in terms of how many carrots Kiwis buy in terms of seeds and that sort of thing. I hear you. Uh, do I agree? Unsure. Uh, bird of the Year, of course, was set up to raise awareness around New Zealand's native birds. So what was the inspiration then to start up the veggie elections? 
for around eight years now, we've been running National Gardening Week. And really, that is all about just raising the awareness of gardening within New Zealand. Getting people talking about gardening and gardeners and all the amazing things that gardeners do, because they do a lot of great work within their communities and supporting their neighbours and just sort of getting out there and doing it. And I guess over the years, we've had different themes, you know, from growing great soil through to getting flowers back in your garden and, and anti-hedges. And so this year, we're like, okay, with the current cost of living crisis, let's turn it back to veggies and let's mm. focus on homegrown veggies in particular. It's just a bit of fun, really, you know, <laughs> a bit of light fun to get us talking about our veggies and hopefully more people growing them, to be honest. And here we are talking about it. Uh, how does voting work? I've got the website up and it's, it's a bit namey and shamey, isn't it? You get to vote for your favourite, but then you also get to vote for your least favourite. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's passion both ways. You know, yeah. And I guess, you know, it's all can be um, sculpted a little bit in terms of some, you know, childhood dramas along the way or mm-hmm. bad experiences with particular veggies. But it's going to be really interesting, actually, in today's society to see, you know, we've all been bought, I mean, a lot of us have been brought up with traditional veggies, but it's going to be really good to sort of understand, okay, well, what are the front runners these days, you know? Mm. Any early lead takers that you're comfortable sharing with me right now? Couldn't possibly disclose oh. that. Absolutely <laughs> top secret. And <laughs> uh, My personal favourite, asparagus, but Brussels sprouts are up there for me as well. Fiona Arthur, thank you so much for your time. Voting closes on September 30th and the winner of the Yates Veg Election will be announced on October 11. A few days later after that, uh, we should know the outcome of New Zealand's general election, so it's going to be a very big week. (laughs) Thanks, Imogen. Now, I'm not saying this could be my final newsable ever, but I do have to be very transparent with you all because USA Today, a media outlet in the States, is hiring and looking for a Taylor Swift reporter. My job! could be just Taylor Swift. They're looking for someone who's able to capture the music and cultural impact of T-Swift, tasked with covering the biggest moments on the next portion of Taylor's tour, and it says that there'd be international travel involved. And so look, as someone who did not manage to get tickets to the Eras Tour in Melbourne, this could then be my ticket to see Taylor Swift perform live. It's twofold. It's win-win. Will I be putting my application in? I don't know. I might do. Updates as they come. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. That's Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. Hey, our Popo. Until tomorrow, have a great day. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You'll also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.